are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Back by popular demand. No, I'm, I'm filling in, and uh, uh, it was kind of a consensus that last week's was pretty in-depth, and, and I didn't get to everything I wanted to say, and so it's like, okay, well, this works out. I could fill in, continue our last week's conversation. You guys excited about that? Did you guys enjoy last week? For those of you that were taking notes, I found out who you were because you let me know I missed a point, and, uh, and it's true. So I actually missed. I said seven points. I actually only hit six last week. So we'll, uh, we'll sort that and write that today. Yeah, so yeah, it's a, uh, give me a second. There we go. Yeah, it's a, it's an, it's an honor to be here as always, but like, um, I was just getting my notification pick from Facebook, you know, you get your memories. And five years ago, this weekend, Jen was preaching in Sandy Creek and it was our first weekend we visited Bethel, Atlanta with no intent to move here at that time. <laughs> it was, uh, we were just visiting some friends, but uh, that was five years ago today, this weekend, that wild? So yeah, good, good stuff. Um, good, well, I, I'm gonna uh, dive in. Uh, what I'm gonna do this morning is we went through, I think six points last week, right? And we just talked about the life of a follower of Jesus, didn't we? And, and it wasn't necessarily the, um, all the fun stuff. Right? Oh, you guys are quiet out there. I, I can't, you gotta remember, I, I, need you to, I need you to respond, right? So what, 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 it wasn't all the fun stuff, right? You guys are like, well, we're not responding because it wasn't very exciting. Like, <laughs> it wasn't very fun. No, so we were talking about some points of what it is to be a follower of Jesus that not necessarily is stuff we talk about a lot. And I had mentioned, if you come to a ministry school, we get in discipleship, we get a little that more in depth in, in the life of a follower in that kind of a setting. Uh, but not always in a, a Sunday morning do we kind of touch on that stuff. But, but for me, I was like, really like, oh, there's some key points that I feel like are very important that maybe we don't talk about a lot, but we should, because if we don't really understand these pieces, I think we're going to miss what the Lord's doing in our life and the benefit that we, you know, really the reward that Jesus paid for, for us to experience, we'll miss the full benefit of that if we're not following him the way uh, uh, he's asked and uh, to the depth that it takes to follow him. Because sometimes it's not always fun being a follower, right? You guys are like, I'm not so sure about this. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. So I'm going to recap those six points. I'm going to get to my seventh point that I promised I was going to do last week. Um, I'll probably get into one more point, and then I think I'm going to share some testimonials about it. How's that sound? Okay, there you guys are. Good, good. You're here. Um, so recap. We had talked. Remember, <clears throat> I just shared a little bit of the, our culture, right? Bethel culture, revival culture, kingdom culture, however you want to explain it. I just kind of shared a little bit of the uh, 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 revelation that this culture has stirred up in terms of God's a good God. He's in a good mood. He has good things for us. He has plans for us, purposes for us, uh, dreams for us that are far above and greater than anything we could ever dream or think, Right? Like this was like, if you've been a Christian for uh, any amount of time, like there's, this was kind of a new thing to, to hear the fact that God was a good God. It was like, ah, I thought he was just mad at me because I kept messing up, right? And just kind of kept like, you know, I'm gonna straighten you out with a rod. Well, that's biblical. Well, anyway, we won't get there. But right, like th this, was, this was our perspective. So I just kind of unpacked a little bit of what our culture has swung this pendulum into of, of experiencing the greatness of, of the, the, the uh, uh, price Jesus paid for us to have, which is life and life abundantly, right? John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give life and life abundantly. And so we just kind of like talked a little bit about this, uh, 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 kind of our, you know, even in the prophetic culture that we've created, like almost like it feels like there's not a lot of permission to talk about things that are potentially negative. Anybody else experience that? 
Just me, you, Laura. I, we did this last week, I think. It's like, has anybody else experienced that, right? It's almost like, I, I don't know if I, I don't want to like, you know, uh, I don't want to like c- come in alignment with agreement with the, with the enemy and say something negative. And, but, but also doesn't lend us to having a conversation about when things are hard, right? Like I noticed this some years back and I was like, oh, this is painful, but it's not bad, but we don't really make a space to dialogue through that. We've done a great job. I think Jen and Justin have been an amazing part of paving the way of creating a space for that to happen now. But there's, there's, there's just realities of being a follower of Jesus that uh, uh, there, there, there are things that aren't, aren't easy. They're, not, they're painful. They're hard. Um, you know, we were just at a, a, a party over the weekend, uh, going away party. And, um, and I just, you know, I just, I looked at, looked at him and I just said, you know, I just want to say I'm proud of you guys because you've done it well. Like this hurts to leave because you've done it well. Can we think about that for a second? Like when you've done relationships and, and covenant and life really, really well and, and intimacy and letting people in and you start getting roots meshed with other roots. Well, when the Lord takes you and moves you somewhere else, ooh, that hurts. That hurts. And, and if we're not aware of the fact that that's actually okay, that means we did a good job, we loved well, so it is going to hurt then I might actually think something's wrong when that pain is happening. And then I might fight. Oh, this must be the enemy taking me away. And you're like, oh, no, no, you're just not realizing it's actually okay. It means you've done a good job. And so we, we just, anyway, I, that was random. I didn't mean for to go there, but we did. Um, and so we just talked a little bit of just, you know, what it is that, that, that the goodness of the culture that we have, the goodness of the father that we've come to know that he wants to commune with us, have intimacy with us. He wants to have connection, converse with us. Um, We talked about that, right? The prophetic culture getting us to a point where we can hear and communicate and dialogue with God of the universe. The God, the creator, one who created you and molded you uh, actually wants to love you, not just like out there ethereally, but wants to get inside your heart, have a conversation with you and lead you and guide you and direct you uh, uh, voice to voice, if you will. And English is in his first language. Uh, go to a prophetic class. We'll teach you about that, right? But like, this is, we've learned this. And it's like, I mean, I learned that after being a Christian for like 12 years. And it was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea this was even possible. It was just kind of like this random, I'm trying to figure out how to, what the will of God is for my life and how to not sin and how to get other people to not, uh, to do it with me. You know what I mean? Because this was our mission as a church. And so, you guys going with me all right? I'm going very fast. I'm just trying to recap quickly. Um, and then we learned of just this, the, the, this gold that we have a purpose and a destiny, right? We have a purpose that Damon knows about the destiny. We have a purpose and a destiny. And the gold about the fact that God has a purpose, the plans he knows beforehand that he's uh, uh, intended for you to walk out, like he has a plan and a purpose and a destiny over every single one of you individually. It doesn't matter if you work in the church or you're not in the church or if you're on the mission field, uh, even if you work at Kroger, if you work at Starbucks, if you work in Buckhead, like it doesn't matter where you're at, he has a plan and a purpose for you, very specific call on your life. And when we learned that, it was like, what is this? And he's a good father. And I shared last week, like, oh, this is a good father. And he's done this, sent his son, the ultimate sacrifice that I can experience life and life abundantly. And these are the things he has. I'll give my life to a man like that, right? I'll give my life to a father like that. Because that's not like the earthly fathers we typically know. Even when they're, just, when they're really good, there's just obviously still going to be a deficit from the father, the heavenly father. And so, this is, uh, so we learned this and then we've noticed, and this was my kind of what my observation was, we've swung this pendulum over so far that, that, that we're excited. We're excited. I mean, if we're at Bethel, we cheer for anything, Right? I mean, we cheer for anything. You should be cheering for that, right? We cheer for everything. <laughs> like, you're about to, we cheer for everything. We want to honor people. We want to, we get excited over people. And, uh, and, and we want to see the best in people. We want to see the best over people's lives. We want to see the plans and purposes come to pass in all the people around us. We want to see that for ourselves. And so, like, this has become our culture. And, uh, and, and, and because of that swing of the pendulum, though, so far, we're missing the piece of, like, oh, ah, uh, you know, there's some things we need to know also about being a follower that it's not just all that, 
there's some very key components, and that's where we started getting in. How many of you here were last week? We're here last week. Okay, great. So that's where we started getting into point one. He's going to require your life, right? He's going to require your life. Like he wants all of you, not just pieces of you. He wants all of you. He'll, it will cost you. <laughs> it's going to cost you your dreams. It's going to cost you your, your desires, your passions, your purposes, possibly even your calling, which sounds weird. But, you know, if you've ever heard Leif Hetland speak the message of the rod, like, He's going to ask you to lay it down before you can pick it up. And so there's facets all throughout our life where this is, uh, uh, this is a normal experience of being a follower of Jesus. Uh, our gifts, again, our dreams and our passions, the things that you know, we preach and promote the highest here is that God has dreams for you. God wants to see your dreams fulfilled, your desires fulfilled. Uh, but I promise you at some point, the Lord's going to ask you to lay them down because you might get your dream, which might be sad. You're like, ah, why is that sad? Because it's probably less than what he actually dreamed for you. Because his thoughts are not our thoughts, his ways are not our ways. Like he thinks on a higher level, he dreams on a bigger capacity. And we have finite minds. And for me to just dream the best dream I can come up with probably is subpar to what he has for me. But we still want you to dream and go after it. Just let the Lord guide you and lead you. Oh, follow. Jesus along the way, right? Okay. And then we said point two, it's going to require change. Like what we're talking about um, being a follower of Jesus is uh, he, he, you know, this was a little bit of a, a pick. Oh, let me, let me, let me backtrack and say like, when, when we're talking about things like this, he requires of you, requires change, requires growth, whatever. We're not talking about the love of God, right? This is the caveat. Somehow we've associated, if I don't change, he doesn't love me. If I don't grow, he doesn't love me. If I'm not obedient, he doesn't love me. That's not true. He loves you, he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you. Thank you, Graham Cook, right? Like, he loves you. Like, there's nothing in the world that can take that away, nothing you can do to change that. That has nothing to do with your behavior. That doesn't even have to, to do with the choice of you following him. Like, he loves the world, he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? He loves the world. So we're not talking about love when we're getting into this. We're talking about there is a way of life that leads to life. There is a way of life that leads to abundance. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus says, I have come to give life and life abundantly. There is a way of life of being a follower, not just accepting Jesus and being good to go on with my life the way I live it, but actually following him that is gonna require you to start looking like him. And, and our, this again, my swing of our pendulum was, he loves me, I don't have to do a thing. This is true. You don't have to do anything to, to affect that love. But he will love you more or too much to leave you the way you are. He died for you to look like him. We are becoming like in the likeness of Jesus, are we not? Isn't that the goal? Are we there yet? Anybody? We're getting there. We're, we're, we, we're not there yet. So, so the reality that we are, there is, you know, God does require of us of like, hey, follow me and I'm gonna change your life. He wants to transform your life that you look like his son. You behave like him. You act like him. You think like him. You actually <laughs> have actions like him. Oh, like healing the sick, raising the dead, healing the blind. Like we actually do the things of Jesus. And then what do you say? Greater works will you do because I go to the Father, give you the Holy Spirit. So we'll actually do greater than what Jesus did in the, in the event that we follow him as he's leading us in our life. You guys good? Okay, we're just still recapping, right? Point two, point three was the one I didn't get to, but we'll pretend I do the point three I did last week, which was, your life likely will not be what you think it is or actually what you may want it to be. 
And this one's kind of hard for us, right? Because like, what do you mean? I, I, he wants the dreams for me. He wants me to get, uh, experience my desires, my, my calling, my passions, the things that he, he, he wants these things for me. And he put these things in my heart. So it, it's good that I go after them. Yeah, 100%. But like we just said, it may be still less than what he's intending. Just follow him. That's really into the message right here is just follow Jesus. Hear him, follow him, <laughs> right? Run, hear and run and obey. I think that's our, that's our message, right? Like this is, th- th- it is really that simple. It's not that easy because that requires some things, doesn't it? And so, so here, here we are. Uh, your life likely would not be what you want or think. Like it, we see this happen in, in even the life of David. He wanted to build a temple. Did he get to build a temple? No, no, I'm sorry, you can't do it. I know you want to. No, 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 but it's good. The temple's good, right? Yeah, but, but, but you, you can't do it. You're a man of bloodshed. I love you. Why don't you just stockpile the materials for your son? That's your job. Mm. How many of us are gonna be okay with that? Just order materials. <laughs> okay, I don't get to build it. No, not only do you not get to build it, you don't get to see it. Ooh. There's perspectives that we just, it's now. I want it now, I want it the way I want it, how I want it, when I want it. And if I don't derive the benefit or the, uh, uh, you know, see it come to fruition in six months. I've been waiting six months. I've been petitioning, giving my life to prayer for six months. There's a perspective we're missing, isn't there? It's, there's a larger perspective. I mean, even going back in the natural, right? We're like people like, that, are, that it saw a vision of like Notre Dame and built it. And it took what, 600 years or hundreds of years to build this. I mean, how many people did not see the work of their hands that we see? There's a perspective piece that we miss. So David didn't see it. Paul, Paul wanted to go to Asia. He's like, man, I have the good news. I have the good news. I want to take it to Asia. And God's like, nah, we're going over here. He never made it but it was what he wanted to do and it was good. So why was it bad? Well, it just wasn't in, in line with what the Lord was doing. It's just so key and so important that we hear the voice of the, of the Lord and, and see him as he's moving so that we can follow where he goes because we can have great ideas and they're not necessarily bad. They're great ideas. They're even godly and kingdom. But if you want to fulfill the purposes and destiny over your life, just follow Jesus. And it might not be what you want or, or, or even like sometimes. Peter, he's always trying to do things that thought was right. He didn't get to do them either. I we should build an altar here. Nope, we're not building altars. <laughs> but it'd be good for us to build an altar for you and, and Elijah. And Mo- no, well, that's not your, I love your heart. But, that, but that's not what we're doing right now. That guy can't come and take you, cut his ear off. Whoa, 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 <laughs> let me fix that. <laughs> no, that, that's not what we're doing right now. I love your ambition. Just point that with me. Um. I turned my page. I don't know why I turned my page. So for, that was three, four will be, you can't do it alone, right? This has to be done relationally with family, with connection. This has to be done, uh, uh, done with intimacy with one another. That requires vulnerability, transparency, authenticity in relationships one-to-one with friends, with spiritual fathers and mothers, with leaders that I let to speak into my life with the heavenly father who wants to lead us and guide us, it'd be really good to let him in. Well, he knows me. Well, he, he, he knows what's in there. He'd love for you to let him in. He wants to come in and commune and sup with you, but it's gonna require you to let him in. He may know, but he wants to know. Six was the, ten, the tension. Did I skip another one? Five, five is attention. Thanks, my numbers are off. 
the tension, right? There is a tension between darkness and light, like heaven come on earth as it is in heaven. It's not here yet. And so there's sometimes we're praying for an example of this as we're praying for healing, for a breakthrough that we know does not exist in heaven. And we contend for that and it doesn't happen. We don't get the breakthrough. If we don't realize that there's a tension that we are part of the pushing the ball forward to see heaven happen on earth more today than it was 10 years ago, then I might take and get, get more introspective about, well, why didn't, I didn't have enough faith. You didn't have enough faith. I'm trying to figure out and rationalize and reason why something didn't happen. We just need to realize there's a tension that heaven is coming to earth and we, every single one of you are a part of doing that through your hands and through your mouth, but it is not here fully yet. And so th- we are pushing on something that is moving the ball forward for future generations that we can say today, and I think, you know, Steve Hale says it well, like 20, 30 years ago, we, we see miracles today that we didn't see then, which means we have pushed the ball forward. So we got to just really like have this understanding. Oh, and that's not always easy. It's hard when you contend for people you love that you're, you're not, you, sometimes it's actually family. Sometimes it's people you're, you're close to. Sometimes it's you, your own life. And when we're not getting the breakthrough, it's, it's okay it's not okay and that it's not, it's not, we're supposed to get the breakthrough, but we don't have to get introspective like there's something I did wrong or that God all of a sudden, now I throw it on him and you should have and you didn't. And no, no, we are fighting for something for a generational, like hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years. Like we gotta have a larger perspective of what we are contending for. And if we don't get the breakthrough, we know if we've been through the training and ministry school, you don't get the breakthrough, celebrate God for what you did get and continue to contend for it 100% because that is the standard. So this is, this is the tension, right? We talked a little bit about the spirit-soul tension, about the fact that I have DNA inside of me that is this, my spirit has come alive and the spiritual DNA inside of me says I am completely whole, but my soul's not whole, right? Well, no, 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 everything, everything's been redeemed. What's been redeemed, it hasn't been restored, <laughs> Right? So there's this tension of this process of like, I'm, I'm patient. And then I'm in the grocery store and I'm mad at some customer because they're using the coupons. And I'm like, my goodness. It's like, what's the problem? Oh, the problem isn't the customer. <laughs> the, the problem is, is, oh, I am patient. I'm not, I'm not patient right now. But God's teaching me patience to this. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, he's giving you an opportunity to be who you are and you failed. And that's okay. We just get to own that and recognize, ah, I'm still growing in the fruits of the spirit. We are all still growing and will continue to grow into the likeness of image, the image of Jesus. And I don't know that we'll arrive there because if God is infinite, if he is infinite and even in heaven, we continue to see a new side of God, that's a new invitation to be something we never were before. So this growing thing is not going away. So I'm just, let's just kind of come to that resolve, right? That there is this tension. The other piece that I didn't get to that I wanted to talk to about the tension is the tension about soul health. You know, there's a little bit of a tension in, in, you know, we've got a pendulum swinging right now where we're like soul health, you know, taking care of myself, taking care of my time, taking care of having boundaries and, and then uh, uh, feeding myself what my soul needs. Like, you know, even if it's in terms of like exercise and, and, and uh, uh, activity and having vacation, you know, all that's absolutely beautiful and it's absolutely a must in terms of managing our soul health. The problem is, the tension is, is when that overrides the invitation for the spirit, when the Lord says, I want this, and you go, oh, I have a boundary on that, sorry. We'll see how that works out. Or when you have a friend that's inviting you into something and you're like, oh yeah, no, I have a boundary. No, I don't think you quite understand boundaries, but that's okay. Well, (laughs) there's another class, but like, you're like, you're, you're missing out on an invitation that the Lord is doing in the spirit when we elevate our soul world above our spirit one. It's not an either or. Most anything you'll experience, and I've, I mean, I'll speak on this, is it's never really usually an either or. It's usually a both and, and it's all about just management, right? Okay. This is a long recap. So there's some tension. Okay, last, last point I'd like to get to. Did I hit six? 
we'll get to my point seven is one thing it's going to require of us to do what it is that we feel we're being, I'm sorry, to be a follower of Jesus. One thing it's going to require of us is trust. So it's like kind of a heck of a point to miss, right? <laughs> it's going to require trust. Like being a follower of Jesus, the stuff I'm describing is going to require that we trust him more than we trust ourselves. Which is, which is a hard conversation today because we really want to put a lot of trust in ourselves today. We get to decide. We get to figure out. It's your truth. We get to measure what we think is right or wrong. There's not really anybody that knows what they're talking about. I'll just do the research and make my own judgment. I don't want to trust, you know, we don't, that's just a little bit of a, ooh, I know I'm touching some but buttons right now, but it's, it's just legit. Like it's, oh, no, we're, we're elevating ourselves on the throne and we're not trusting the Lord. We're not trusting him. We're also not trusting people, but we're not getting into that right now. <laughs> so trust is, a, is, a, is, is, gonna, is required to do this following Jesus thing. Now, it's not easy. I promise it'll be challenging. I, I promise it'll be uncomfortable at times. And this one we don't like to hear, but it's going to be scary. It's like, well, God's not a God of fear. Well, he's not, but have you followed him? Because if you followed him, I'm scared. Because I'm like, I, I, I don't know if you're going to be there. I'm going to step or I'm going to jump, but is, is somebody, I don't, am I going to live? No, you're going to die. Ah. <laughs> oh. That's scary. I mean, all, all of me? Yeah, all of you. Are you going to be there if I jump? Jump and find out. And this is okay, guys. This is okay. I think it's actually healthy to be able to, to look at it and see it and, and, and be aware of the, the realization that, wow, there's times that the Lord's calling you and asking you to do something and step out and and it's not going to be comfortable. I mean, we were just at farmer's market yesterday and we're standing in line and, and uh, the lady behind me is talking about like her arms all hurting and something and, and like didn't even, like barely even glazed my thought to, to even pray for any, like literally like milliseconds, like not even enough to, to give it any time. It continued on and Lauren says, pulls me aside after she, that lady says she was hurting. I was like, yeah, she had a hurt arm. She goes, we got we to gotta get her. We got to go pray for her. And I had, honest, I had a moment of like, ooh, that's scary. I'm like, oh, why is that scary? Oh, well, that's, I could jump out. It could or not happen. It might happen. We got, we're in public. We're in line and paying for things. I'm like, but being able to be aware of it and recognize and not be driven by it, I could actually make the choice and go, oh, but this is who we are. This is who we are. This is what we do. We didn't find her, but we were, I saw you looking <laughs> the whole rest of the time. She's like, she's somewhere. Like, but, but there's, if we're able to like differentiate our soul and our spirit, we're able to go, oh yeah, that's scary. Sure. But spiritually, I'm like, oh yeah, but that's what we're doing to do. We're leading today. <laughs> Your fear's not leading. That's scary. You're going to be vulnerable. You're going to put yourself out there. All right. And, and the other thing is, is with, with the Lord and being a follower of Jesus, we're not placing our trust in the outcome. And this is kind of a piece that I've noticed has become, it's a trend, right? Like we, we, we like to, oh, but it's gonna be good. Oh, but the breakthrough's there. So I'll keep pushing in. I'll trust because the breakthrough's, what happens when you don't get the breakthrough? Because it, heaven now, but not yet. What happens when that happens with your trust in the Lord? Because you trusted in the outcome and not, oh, it gets broken. And now I got, I'm a little, I don't know, Lord. You do that over and over and what happens? You start severing your relationship with the Lord because you were trusting, if we can say like this, the gift and not the giver. We're, we're trusting what he's doing. We're not trusting who he is. That regardless of what happens, he is still who he is. You know, I've shared, uh, uh, I, I shared a few weeks back some of his testimony of moving here in the first year of, uh, being here was extremely challenging financially. And, and, um, and so, you know, a, a year ago when COVID hit in our business, um, I had gotten a call and they said, hey, we're clearing all the, our, you know, I have a home inspection business. We're clearing all the inspections for 30 days. And I was like, Whew, 
okay, that's a, that's a hit. So far I hadn't been feeling it, but I'm like, oh, that's a hit. I'm like, ah. And I had a brief moment of like, oh shoot. And then instant response, not reaction. The instant response was, oh, we've been here before. He is still who he is. He's still doing what he's doing. I am still who I am and we'll be okay. Even if we have to rebuild it all and start over, it's gonna stink. And I say like, I really wanna say it sucks because it does, <laughs> trust me. Like, it's like, this is not gonna be fun, but it doesn't change the fact that we'll be okay because we were okay before and it definitely wasn't fun then either. But we're not trusting in him because of the outcome. We're trusting in him because it's him. He's faithful, he's good, he's loving, he's kind. He'll never leave us or forsake us. We want circumstances to work out the way we want them so that we feel good about the way our life is or the way Jesus is. And then that's like, this is why it's good, look. No, no, it's good because of him. If we keep doing that, then we look at society and we're like, well, I don't know. I don't know how to make sense of that now because where's God? <laughs> What's good? We're not looking at circumstances to, to be the fruit of our, either our spirituality or the life of a follower or even the fruit of like, this is like, look, God is good. No, God is good because he said he is and he is. Because we experience him like this in our connection because he doesn't lie. <laughs> He's not a man that he should lie. Like God is good because he is good. Regardless of even if you've ever seen it in your life, that fact doesn't change. I don't need the circumstances to prove it. That's hard. I know that's hard. But we're, we're in love with a, a person. We're following a person. And it's for the sake of the person, the natural effect of being a follower of Jesus is that signs and wonders follow those who believe, is that we see the effects, but it's not for them, it's for him. Does that make sense? Okay, okay. a few minutes left. <laughs> you guys tracking her okay? You're almost getting like the same message twice. I hope you guys are good with this. Um, Okay, I'll do this last point. Ah, will I? Look, I haven't even read a Bible verse for you yet. We're just kind of blazing on here. Let's, let's do this. Ephesians, we'll just read this one real quick. Ephesians 2. This is one of my favorite verses. 2.10. We are his workmanship which can also be translated handiwork, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. You guys, I, I, I can't emphasize enough, and I think this is what was stirring in my heart to even begin to share the message last week of just, there is a way of life as a follower of Jesus that brings life and it brings abundance. And I promise you, it's the best way on the planet. And it's not always easy, but that's irrelevant when it's the king, when it's the father who has your absolute best interest in mind, if we can trust him with that. That we're trusting him with our lives because he has nothing but, you're his handiwork, you're his creation. He made you, formed you. He, he wants to lead you into experiencing a life of abundance and purpose and plans and all the things that we have said. None of that is, none of that is nixed, it's, it's both and. He, but it happens because we follow him. And, and I, I wanted to take some time to share some testimonials, just some of, my, some of my story. I've dropped a few bombs every now and then when I'm talking and some of you guys that don't know me are like, what? what? And, and just because, uh, you know, I'll do this when I'm speaking in some places, I'll, I'll speak some messages. And then in the middle of like, I've done a conference and done like two, three messages and realize, oh, they don't realize this is true. I'm not thinking that about you guys, but you know, I'm like, like, oh, they don't, because they haven't heard the story. And like, I, I, I wanna tell you, 
he's got your best interest in mind because I've experienced it. Because I've experienced a life that I should not be living. I was supposed to be aborted. <laughs> I had a, it was a one night stand. I've never met my biological father. I grew up fatherless. I had, a, I had a dad. I had a dad, a stepdad who raised me as his own. He's still my dad, Grandpa John, we just saw him. I've never not known the love of a father because of him. But I, if we went to look at statistics and on paper, I, I, my life should not be where it is today. My mom was on drugs most of my life, over half my life. My uncle was in and out of prison, drugs. Like, we grew up in poverty. I grew up in a town of 600 people. Drugs was the thing to do. Like, we grew up in, 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 in poverty, poverty. <laughs> Below the poverty line. I got saved when I was 13, and, and by 15, I started, well, 14, I started doing drugs, and, and by 19, I was a drug dealer, dropped out of high school. Uh, uh, I mean, if you've been in the drug world, you know, and you know the saying that my choice of drug was more. I just wanted more. It didn't matter what it was. And I was in prison by 19 for armed robbery. And I'd like to say I found God in there and got right on track and partially did, but I still blew it after I got out. My dad was married three times and the lady he's with now, he's been with her 20 years and they're not married. So he's been married three times, divorced three times. My mom's been married several times and divorced. Like on paper, it didn't make sense that I would have the life that I live today. And I tell you from experience that God wants to give you life and life abundantly, and it's not always easy. In fact, it's hard because we're doing something society is not. Like staying married when it's, when it's not fun. Like being a person of covenant because we said we were and we've learned that this is who I am, but I have no track record in my history that says that's who, we are, who I am as a person in my, in my family line but we're doing something different today that says something different, which is the kingdom of heaven on earth as it is in heaven. And if that's the case, there's gonna be some tension. <laughs> we're gonna be doing some things that aren't comfortable. We're gonna be uh, saying yes to things that don't feel like uh, you know, peace, love, and happiness and all the good stuff. But I promise you there's life. I mean, how many times have you heard the Lord say something and you respond and are obedient and then you get there and it, maybe it took you years to say yes and you finally did and then you're like, I can't believe it took me so long. This is so much better than where I was at and I thought I had it figured out. Yeah, this is following Jesus because he thinks and knows things that you don't, <laughs> right? He knows things and thinks things in ways we do not. I got married, I got married and then I got divorced. My wife left me. I've been married before. I met Quinn, Justin, and Jen, and we were all in the same Bible study. They knew my first wife. We were all in the same Bible study together. And I remember when that even happened and she wanted to separate. I wanted to, pain says, I'll hurt you before you hurt me. I wanted to divorce her and I heard the Lord. I want you to love her like I love the church, like I love you and chase after her. And so I was obedient and it was hard. <laughs> It was harder than doing time. But I, I abided, I responded, and I, and I said yes to the Lord when it wasn't fun. Quinn and I, we got married a couple of years later, a year later, just two years, something like that. And we're celebrating 20 years this month. We say... My ceiling is your floor. My kids experience life that I never knew of. My kids are experiencing life. They have no grid <laughs> for the life Quinn and I both grew up in. For us to get to a point, you know, even we were married for several years and <clears throat> uh, I, got, I bought a business and, and then... Uh, my partner and I, we were roofing and we, we bought a business. We, 
I was under, I think I was under 30, maybe 27, 28, somewhere in there. And, uh, and, and immediately we were like the fifth largest company in our county. I, I was a part of the community. This is stuff Justin was sharing, just like in terms of success, like we had the three, 2.5 kids. We had the white picket fence. Literally, I built it. <laughs> we, had, we, had, we had the nice SUV. We had the nice big house on the hill. And like in terms of success, we were rocking it. How do you do it? I'm dead up to my eyeballs. That's how. <laughs> but like, like this is, we were, our median income at this time, and, and I know it's, it's sometimes it's a little, it's very vulnerable to talk about money, but there's a piece of me that feels like it's important because if we're supposed to be the testimony for others to experience a breakthrough, we've got to share the testimony. <laughs> and so the median income for our county was like, it's like, I, I just looked it up to confirm that I was right. Is it was thirty five thousand dollars a year for a single income, like we we come from a county. It's 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 poverty. I mean, it's not there's not a lot of wealth there. And so the idea of making six figures was like what we say here is seven figures is the goal, right? I mean, hear that now. I'm like, oh, that's that's not even on my radar. <laughs> I didn't even know that was possible. Like six figures, and so like I we immediately overnight a, a large company, a part a person. I was part of the community and chamber of commerce, all the things, and uh, serving our community. And then, and I'd, so I'm making like 140 a year and the immediate average, in, and that's single income. And the average income was 35. Like we're doing good in terms of like success and, 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 and I get it. It's different here, right? So like we're, we're doing well and I hear the Lord. And in 2000, probably 2008, I hear the Lord say, it's time to sell the business. And I'm like, okay. Okay, what's that? What's that mean? You know, I started a business on the side because I was bored, <laughs> and that seems to be what I do. Uh, and so, he had just gave up. He he it was another uh, partner, and he was wanted out. And so I took the business back. So I'm like, okay, I'll sell the business. I'll jump jump into mowing lawn. So I'm a business owner of the fifth largest company in the county, right? And I hear the Lord say, sell the business. So I'm going to go mow lawns because that was my other business. I'm going to go mow lawns. Like, talk about pride stuff, right? And make 30000 a year. And, and, and so we did it. We sold a business. We, we, we walked away from the house. That we, and we went on a journey, probably a five-year journey, where we went house to house to house. And in this time, like, I remember having a conversation with Justin, and, 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 uh, and I'm like, look, the kingdom says we should have health insurance we should be taken care of. And I'm walking away from the health insurance of my company. I'm like, well, my kids aren't going to have health insurance. Like, like I don't, I'm wrestling with it's kingdom good. Everything's amazing and great too. I'm walking into a, a valley <laughs> and the Lord is leading me. I'm trying to reconcile this. And we did it. And I, the best way I can describe it is it felt like after the fact, I remember thinking, oh, it feels like, I felt like I grabbed Quinn's hand and we walked off the mountaintop into the valley. And we didn't set up camp. And this is very important to know, we don't set up camp in the valley, <laughs> but we walked through the valley. And, it, and I didn't even realize it by the end of it, five years later, I didn't even realize there was a valley anymore because we had, I'd heard the Lord say, uh, uh, you are citizens of heaven. The earth is your playground. A home doesn't mean you have a home. A home happens inside. And we learned that we were cultivating with our kids what it was to be family and have a family unit and have that stability that wasn't tied to four walls, which is what society and culture has taught us. But we were doing something that was different because we're not of this world. We're of the kingdom of heaven. In fact, it's where we reside currently. And so we, I've, I remember getting the keys to the house, the next house we bought, which was a miracle. I won't get into that one. And uh, as soon as we opened the door and walked in, it felt like this weight came off of me that I didn't know was there because I didn't, it didn't matter because I had Jesus. And all of a sudden the weight was gone. Oh, his burden is light. Oh, Oh, isn't that something? It's even biblical. <laughs> and so here I am, we've realized, and then, then I learned, oh, 
there's actually a spiritual piece to owning land. And it was different because it wasn't about me having stability and all the things that we said. There was something about ownership over the earth that the Lord has given to us, which is why I feel, you guys, there's so, it's so significant when we get the keys to that building. It's not because we'll have a better setup or we'll have a better place to put our communion cups or we won't have to set up chairs and thank you, Jesus. Like, it's not just because of that, because there's some spiritual significance. There's something that takes place in the heavens and I've experienced it, but it wasn't easy. And I was following Jesus. And so my life, like as I've just seen my life over the course of time through that, we did it again when we moved here. I mean, all, all the things, story after story of like, come to third year and I'll tell you. And so you second year students, come to third year, I'll tell you, we'll tell you the story. But like, there's just all these moments and, and what I'm experiencing is a life of transformation that he wants to give you life and life abundantly. And I promise you following him is the best way to go no matter what the cost, no matter what it takes because you'll experience something that's supernatural, it's heavenly, it's not something we can do on our own. I, I am still the same person I was when I was 16, 17, 18, 19. And at the same time, I don't think anything like that guy. I'm still me, but I don't think like him. I think more like Jesus now than I ever have. I, I, I don't think, I don't behave like him. I behave more like Christ, which is the goal that we are on this journey of growing into the likeness of Christ. But I promise you, it's gonna cost us and that's absolutely okay. If it doesn't, I wonder if it is. If it doesn't cost us something, I wonder, is, are we following? Are we just wanting enough to be okay and have reap the benefits of what he paid for in terms of blessings, but not want the one who's giving the bless, blessing? because we can do that too. I didn't go to ministry school. I know that sounds wild. I didn't go to ministry school. I've only taught and built and made ministry schools. <laughs> I've never actually been to a ministry school. I, I, did, I dropped out of high school. I went back to college for like, got a two year degree. I, I had one and a half business classes and I dropped out of business class because I thought the Lord didn't want me to do business. He, I actually had the thought, he doesn't want me to make money. So I have no expertise to do anything that I'm doing. <laughs> to teach in ministry schools, to be a director of a ministry school, to be up here preaching, uh, to actually run and own a business and to give business advice. Like I, theoretically, right, on paper, the Lord wants to do something with you in your life that's far above what you can ever dream or ask. It has nothing to do with what you can do on this hour or what your skill set says. It has everything to do with you following him and being responsive to his leading and guidance because then you experience the grace that causes a transformation, spirit to spirit. Something takes place inside of you. You can't describe, you can't even, uh, you can't even understand that causes a change that you experience in a life that is far abundant, far more abundant what we can think in this moment because it's only natural what we can come up with right now. And I just wanted to take a minute at the end. I, I actually wasn't even going to share any of this until I'm sitting here at worship and I'm like, I need to tell some story. That this is true. That this is real. And I know you guys have your own stories. We're not the only story that left everything and moved to Atlanta because we heard the Lord and didn't know what was going to happen. Like, there's so many stories. I realized that, oh, we're, we're, one, of, we're one of many. But I, I, I share the story to get, A, give encouragement for where we're at, hope for the future, but also that we can begin to push the envelope in ways we've never dreamed because he wants more for us than we can think or imagine. Okay, when you guys stand. If you have kids, I would, I would love for you to, honor our kids workers and go grab your kids and you can bring them back. But I want to lead us into some, if you can get the minute, we get the ministry team to come up. I want to lead us in a, in a time. I felt this last week and I really didn't jump on it, but I want to lead us in a time. I feel like there's some invitation. The Lord is giving some invitation for repentance. 
that we can change the way we think, that we can think differently than we did when we came in this morning. And I feel like it has to do with how we follow Jesus and how we lead our lives and how we're running after him and all the things that brought you in this morning. I feel like there's a, a, a moment of repentance. The Lord wants to change the way we think about how we're moving forward and what it looks like. So close your eyes and Lord, we thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you for, I thank you for a life I don't deserve. I thank you for your gracious and your graciousness and your goodness and your kindness that says you want more from me that I'm your workmanship and you've got things for me to, to walk out that you've planned from beforehand, Lord. I thank you that you have bigger dreams and bigger ideas and bigger goals than whatever I could come up with. Lord, if I can impart anything this morning, I would impart the zeal to run hard after you. As Paul says that I would lay hold of that for which he has laid hold of me. There would be a fire in the bellies of every single person in the room that says, I want everything you died for me to have. And no matter what the cost. So I just want to take some time and we're going to probably just leave this moment linger like this. And I just want you to respond and how you feel to respond. If you want to come up and, 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 and confess and get repent and get some prayer from our ministry team, I want to encourage you to do that. If you want to just take some time to be on your knees in the presence of the Lord, I want to encourage you to do that. I want you to, I just encourage you to have a response to this moment where the Lord is inviting us to think differently on the way out than we did on the way in. That we would experience life on the way out differently than what was possible when we came in this morning. Because that's what's in the room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, so go ahead. If you want to respond, I just want to encourage you to respond right now. Come get prayer. Come find a spot. Whatever, whatever you feel. Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, stir it up, Lord, stir it up, that we would be followers of you in a way we've, <laughs> we've never dreamed, no matter what the cost. That we would experience a life that our, our family line says is different. That we would experience a life that you say, you call, you created. Jesus, Jesus. Even you online at home, if you're just hearing and you got a stirring, I just want to encourage you to respond. Yeah, I want, to, I want to encourage you to be brave. Like It's vulnerable to, to, to move, to come up and ask for prayer in a moment, to say, I need something. But we all need something. We're all in the same boat. <laughs> I want to encourage you to respond. Come for prayer. Come for some ministry. Come for some encouragement. If you've never met Jesus, I want to ask you to come down. You can come and speak to John or anybody on our line and, and ask that you would meet this Jesus who has a desire for you that's greater than you could ever imagine, that has a life for you greater than you could ever dream. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.